Well, here we are. It is time, Simba. If you understand that reference, you might be about the age where we should be working together. It's possible. But it is now one of three times a year that I'm accepting clients for my freedom framework, overcoming food sensitivities and increasing energy without unnecessary restriction. My goal for my one-on-one clients is to take them through frameworks and explore tools for achieving 50, 80, 90% of their goals in just a few months and show them how to continue to heal on their own so they don't need me anymore. Honestly, I think we're doing great one-on-one work here, helping women that would otherwise be falling through the cracks, thinking that they're just aging, that they're just moms, that they just, and it may be true that they just have stress when really those stress hormones and their other core systems just really need some serious support and some serious love to serve them for years to come without symptoms. So if you'd like to clear inflammation, eczema, food sensitivities, or improve energy and brain clarity, I'd love to chat with you. You can book a call with me at kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, and that link will be in the show notes. And I wanted to do a giveaway featuring some of my favorite products worth over $200. There is my favorite probiotic, really absorbable magnesium from Jigsaw Health, hydroxypatite toothpaste for restoring tooth enamel, Fullwell's prenatal, mouthwash floss. All of that can come to you in a box if you enter the giveaway, which is totally free. I am just asking for your endorsement with a five-star review. So all you have to do is search for this podcast in the iTunes app or go to review this podcast.com forward slash less stressed life. Or I have another shortcut for you. You can just text giveaway to 605-223-0215. That's texting giveaway to 605-223-0215. And I'll send you the exact directions on how you can write a review really easily and enter our awesome giveaway during the entire month of November. So can't wait to get your entries. Thanks so much. I started reading ingredient labels and that absolutely transformed my life. I was just like, oh my goodness, there's so many additional things and all of the things that I'm consuming, all of the things I'm putting on my skin. There's all these preservatives and flavorings and colorings and all of this different stuff. Stress is the inflammation that robs us of life, energy, and happiness. Our typical solutions for gut health and hormone balance have let a lot of us down. We're over-medicated and underserved. At The Less Stressed Life, we're a community of health-savvy women exploring solutions outside of our traditional Western medicine toolbox and training to raise the bar and change our stories. Each week, our hope is that you leave our sessions inspired to learn, grow, and share these stories to raise the bar in your life and home. Access to functional or specialized medicine testing and standard blood work is a big piece of personalizing care plans to help our clients succeed. But getting accounts with multiple labs and ordering and tracking results from many different web portals slows efficiency by bogging us down in admin work. This is why I'm completely obsessed with our podcast sponsor, Rupa Health. It's a single portal that allows you to order from over 20 specialty labs in one incredibly simple dashboard. I'm talking less than 30 seconds to set up your free account and about 30 seconds to order the labs you need. All the results are in one place and I can securely send clients their results with a click of a button. A big advantage for our clients is that standard blood work can be ordered for almost two thirds less than other direct to consumer lab sites. 
Rupa is a lab concierge, so they send the lab invoices on your behalf if a client pays for their own labs. They help them get set up with a lab draw, navigate testing questions, and they provide the requisition forms. It's literally a dream. Go sign up for free to help streamline your practice and simplify ordering labs for your clients at rupahealth.com. That's R-U-P-A health.com and let them know I sent you when you sign up. You can also check out the show notes for this episode for a short video walkthrough of how I use Rupa Health in my own practice. All right. Today on The Less Stressed Life, we have Ashley Holtquist, who has lived in the sacred Black Hills of South Dakota for most of her life and spent much of her time bonding with its diverse ecosystem. She's passionate about health and wellness grounded in vitalism and values a deep connection to nature. She's been studying herbalism and natural wellness for about five years and owns a company based in Spearfish called Sage and Cedar Herbal Wellness that she operates with her partner, Joe. They specialize in sourcing quality herbs and tea leaf that they use in various health and wellness applications. Their primary focus is their line of loose leaf tea blends that they provide on their website and at various locations in the local area. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. People will often ask me, where do you find these people? And so I will say that I first was exposed to Ashley's teas at a little kind of gourmet grocer in the area last, I think it was just last year. And then it's super fun when you see a product and then you get to meet the owner, the creator. And so I don't know if this was the first time, but over the summer, I saw her a couple of times at the yoga conference and at another funny event, like at a salt cave with a sound bath and there was a tea <laughs> tasting. So anyway, just setting the stage and she talked at that event about how under misunderstood tea is. And I learned some things that I didn't know. And I thought that you guys would like to know about tea. So we're going to jump into things, all things tea, because tea is a very potent. I also have a deep love for herbs, but tea is kind of a, it's a delivery system for herbs and the potency of herbs. And so it's an underused opportunity and option. So let's talk about how Ashley got into this. She can help us understand tea better today. So we can start using it as part of our daily lives. So tell us about your story on why you make tea, how this happened, right? This is my favorite first question. Tell me how these (laughs) things happen. Why are you making tea? Heck yeah. So it's kind of a culmination of a lot of things. I attribute a lot of where I am and what I'm doing simply to the fact that I was raised in the Black Hills. Just being here, I developed a really deep connection to nature from a really young age. And just that deep appreciation grounds everything that I do. I've always had kind of a mind for health and wellness at the same time. So from a pretty young age, I knew I wanted to pursue some kind of career in the health and wellness field. I always saw that a very certain way though, growing up, I always saw myself going to college and like getting all of my classes taken care of and getting those letters behind my name, becoming a doctor. And when I finally stepped onto that path and it was like time to decide what school to go to and you know how to dive into everything, there was just this intuitive thing inside me that just said, slow down, like hold up a second, just kind of think about what you're doing and kind of reassess and make sure that's what you want to do. So I listened to that and kind of slowed myself down a little bit and kind of came inside to decide what I wanted to do. And I did end up starting some pre-medicine classes and diving in. And at the same time, I was growing very health conscious. And I started to think about what I was putting into my body, the health and hygiene products that I was using and all of these different things. And that led me to wondering, well, how can I do things more naturally? How can I incorporate more natural products into my life? And I started reading ingredient labels and that absolutely transformed my life. I was just like, oh my goodness, there's so many 
additional things and all of the things that I'm consuming, all of the things I'm putting on my skin, there's all these preservatives and flavorings and colorings and all of this different stuff. So I did a lot of research to find out how I could make these things myself. And through that research, it led me to herbalism. And when I found herbalism, my whole life just started to change. And through herbalism, I found Ayurveda and traditional Chinese medicine and these different ways of thinking that incorporated all aspects of a being of mind, body, and spirit. And after kind of understanding those different perspectives, it transformed the way that I saw health and wellness. And from there, I just put all of my energy into learning about herbalism and the plants that grow around me. I'm so blessed to be from the Black Hills because our ecosystem is so diverse. And at the same time here, I was developing a friendship with my now partner, Joe, and he was on his own path of healing and learning about herbalism. And we came together and we were just excited to have somebody to bounce off of. And we were like, let's just get out into the community and find some herbs and start practicing and playing around with these things. And when we opened ourselves, we found that there weren't a whole lot of options as far as like places to go purchase bulk herbs and, and good quality herbs. And we found the places that are available, the quality wasn't really what we were looking for. So kind of back to the drawing board, we went and we were like, all right, how do we find what we're looking for? And through more research, we found sources for some good quality herbs. And then we kind of realized one day we're like, hey, we're in this position. There's probably other people that are in this position too. And that was kind of when Sage and Cedar was born. We're like, hey, there's a hole in the community and we can fill it. And we decided that creating tea blends was a very palatable way to kind of share what we had learned about plants. Lots of people like tea and tea is very palatable. So that's kind of how Sage and Cedar was born. Perfect. I loved that. That was a very beautiful story. What year was this all kind of culminating when you really started? So we started kind of playing around in the end of 2017. And then I think mid 2018 was when we first like officially started conducting business. Perfect. All right. So that story made me want to jump all into benefits of certain herbs and plants. And <laughs> I know I have friends that will just love this episode. We've taken some herbal classes together and I've often gone on walks and thought, so if you ever need another business idea, I've often gone on walks and thought, man, I wish I had someone to just tell me what some of these things were because I'll take pictures of them. And then, you know, some of the illustrations and drawings that we have in books are just not that like, I would like to walk through the woods with a guide who can mm -hmm. tell me about those herbs. So, and I know we'll get to that discussion, but first let's give homage. Let's pay some homage to tea. How do people usually perceive tea? Like what is people's perception of tea versus what is tea really? So I think a lot of people, when you hear the word tea, there's always kind of a, a very particular image that pops into your head. Sometimes it's like a steaming cup, a mug on a cozy day, or maybe it's a big old cup filled with ice and a straw. Either way, we see a beverage. And for me, tea is really more of a practice. It's something that I incorporate into my life and it slows me down. It grounds me. It brings me into the present moment. And there are so many things out there to be distracted with. And I just find that tea in itself is a really grounding practice. And in addition with that, we see tea as, as kind of one thing. And the term tea 
most accurately refers to the tea bush, the Camellia sinensis plant. And that's where we get all of our different types of tea. Our black tea, green tea, oolong, white, all of these different kinds of tea come from the same plant. And then on the other side of that, there's everything else. There's chamomile, there's mint, there's ginger. All of these different herbs have different personalities and different health and wellness benefits. So creating an infusion out of these other plants is more accurately called a tisane or an herbal tea. And that kind of accentuates the medicinal benefits of these other plants. I just want to make sure I caught that the camellia camellia. Mm-hmm. camellia. I want you to correct me. White, green, black, oolong. There was another one. There's also yellow and puer. Oh, puer. Okay. And we yep. can talk about what. Will you actually just tell us what puer is very quickly? Yeah. So puer is is more of like a fermented tea. So there's actually a couple different kinds. There's one that's aged and one that's raw. And essentially, sometimes people just use the word fermented tea because it undergoes a processing. It kind of is laid out and they apply some water and it undergoes a process similar to um, like composting. So they like wet it, roll it, wet it some more. And then this creates a fermenting process and that brings out different flavors. Hmm. So what is oolong? Because if it's all coming from the same bush, it's like, how? How does it come from the same bush and become different things? Yeah. So a lot of it boils down to the processing. So there are different cultivars of the tea bush and then the ecosystem that it grows in. So everything from the soil to the rainfall to the sun exposure, all of these different factors imbue different flavors. And then it's really the processing that the leaves undergo that make that difference. So oolong tea is partially oxidized. So it's kind of in the middle of a green tea and a black tea. Green tea is not oxidized. It's typically harvested and then it's dried. And then oolong is kind of in the middle and black tea is fully oxidized. Hmm. Where does Earl Grey fit? So Earl Grey is technically, it's like a scented or infused tea. So typically you start with a black tea and then it's infused with oils from the bergamot orange. Mm. All right. That's one of my favorites. So that's it's a I good ask. one. <laughs> okay. Is it safe to say that the camellia sourced teas, the traditional, we can call them tradition, maybe the traditional teas in this sense are caffeinated and herbal teas are not caffeinated or is that not a hard line? Would there be some herbs that are still caffeinated? For the most part, you can draw that line. There are a few exceptions in the herbal world. Yerba mate is one. Even like cacao has some caffeine in it. But there are just a few exceptions. For the most part, your herbs are non-caffeinated. When you say yerba mate, I met my husband in South America. And you know, everyone there, it's rude if you don't drink out of the same cup and straw. Totally. Uh, Have that yerba mate tree, I believe, Mm -hmm. everywhere. And it's like, you can just buy a whole crap load of it for like mm-hmm. nothing. And so it just takes me back. We have a lot of yerba mate cups that kind of lay around in our house, which is a little bit fun. I don't know. It's just very uh, nostalgic. Uh, totally. Me. Thank you. And that's what tea is. And that was such a beautiful way for you to bring it up. Is like tea is a practice to you. Mm-hmm. And I think this is like such a cool way to honor this topic. So, all right. So that's kind of types of tea a little bit. And like, what is tea essentially, right? Let's Mm -hmm. talk about the proper way to make tea because that's where tea gets really misunderstood before we jump into those benefits. Because I think since we've divided those two, there's a clear line about how to brew it properly, right? Absolutely. How do you do that? Yeah. So 
honestly, understanding not only the plant that you're working with, but the plant part that you're working with, just simply understanding what you're working with will help you kind of honor what that herb needs. So the biggest line, the biggest distinction is is drawn between you know, Camellia sinensis and other herbs because Camellia sinensis is more delicate. So when you brew herbs, oftentimes you need boiling water and they can stand an infusion that's five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour. They need that long steeping, that hot steeping to pull out all of their medicinal constituents. In the case of tea leaf, those flavors are right on the surface. It doesn't take a whole lot to coax out the nuance, the texture, the flavor, the aroma. So you're typically dealing with water that can be as cool as 160 degrees. So with our more delicate green teas, you're looking at water that's like 160, 170, maybe 180 if you have a nice resilient one. And then black tea can handle a little bit more like 180 to 200. And then your oolongs and your pruers are a little bit more similar to herbs so they can handle boiling water. So really what happens here, if you steep tea leaf at too high of a temperature, it'll draw out the bitter constituents. And once that bitterness comes out, everything else is lost. There's no way you can taste the sweetness or feel the texture, any of those things, you know, whereas herbs they can handle anything basically, especially as you get into the denser, the plant parts like the roots and the barks, you want a nice hot, hot simmer in some cases. And along the same lines with steeping times, herbs can handle that nice long steeping, whereas tea leaf honestly prefers a shorter steeping. And if you do a shorter steeping, then you can get a lot of life out of the teas. You can do four steepings, eight steepings, 10, 12 steepings, sometimes kind of depending on how you're doing it. That's kind of crazy. So crazy. I wouldn't think think of it that way. So let me just review. Mm -hmm. Basically, if you overheat the water with like the traditional teas, black, green, all the things, puer, Mm -hmm. earl gray, which is not a tea type, but more of like, you know, a hybrid type thing, but its root is the same. Essentially, if you overheat the water and you brew it too long, you're going to get this bitterness. That's like maybe going to be a little bit of a turnoff or you're like, man, I really like tea. You know, if that's your totally. first experience, do you mm-hmm. think it's possible that coffee shops serving tea, maybe don't maybe accidentally overheat the water and do this as well? Oh, absolutely. I think that's a lot of people who are like, oh, I don't like tea. It's because you've had improperly brewed tea because it like those bitter flavors aren't good. Like that's not how the green tea is supposed to taste. So I absolutely agree with that. So I asked this question the first time you taught this to me and I was like, well, how do you get it to that temperature exactly? Because I have this little teapot that's got thermometer on the top, but you have Mm -hmm. a teapot with a set it to the temperature. Easy peasy, right? That's how you do it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, They make e-kettles where you can specifically put it to like 185 or whatever it may be. I feel like this is sort of one of the more mind-blowing things. It's like, oh, we're not getting the benefit here that we could, right? Like we're not getting the right flavor. This is appreciation of something mm-hmm. that you're putting in your body, right? Absolutely. What is that, what's that range of steeping time for those traditional teas? So I wouldn't steep anything more than like four or five minutes. Usually, like if I just have a black tea, I'll typically do three infusions. So I'll do one infusion for a minute, a second infusion for two minutes, and a third infusion for three minutes. And that's a pretty solid way to get the life out of your tea. And that's just kind of like a Western brewing style. Like you could use a French press or something and get those three infusions. Sometimes I'll do that and then recombine them all 
to get all of those flavors in one cup. That's really interesting. I want to make sure I understand that because the first time you said that you could get multiple steepings, I was thinking, oh, you're saving your tea bag or your loose leaf herbs. You're pouring it over the top. I mean, so this is like, this is also kind of a sticking point. And we're going to talk about this as well. And maybe that's the best next place to go is like what tools of the trade make having and enjoying tea easy because that's, I think, where we run into problems, especially with like loose leaf tea. If we're used to getting something in a bag, which I should mention, someone sent me an Instagram message today discovering endocrine disruptors for the first time. And I tell you what, those little plasticky tea bags that some companies use are so cute and they release so much plastic into your water. So much plastic. It's <laughs> insane. So so there's paper tea bags and then there's loose leaf tea. And so when mm-hmm. you're doing loose leaf tea, I'd like to talk about some of the apparatuses that help with that. But I've got a few things and one of them is a little mini cup size strainer. So with this, it sounds like, mm, so what I, and I've always been of like a steep it longer because I'm kind of coming from an herbal background a little bit mm-hmm. where I didn't know that I was overdoing a traditional tea. And I think most of the loose leaf stuff I've got is herbs and or just herbal anyway, which you said hot is fine. Long is fine. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you've got kind of a, a little tiny one that sits on the top of the cup and you're pouring water over the top of it, that might be, you know, when it goes through the, that tea, that might be just right for like a traditional tea and you would have to steep it for quite a bit longer with the herbal tea. So that's one option. Maybe I'll let you take the floor on. Oh, I wanted to clarify the infusion thing. When you said, you can get multiple infusions. I was picturing, then I went off on tea bags. Sorry. I was picturing take the tea bag out or take the tea out and then make it with like separate water, technically. And what it sounds, and that's, I think, what you're saying with this loose leaf tea, but maybe combining it all. Like I was just getting this like whole reusing thing over a day. <laughs> like that was what I was thinking, <laughs> but you might be kind of explaining it a little bit different. Are we supposed to maybe infuse it? Like it takes a little bit longer because you've already taken off the like the top layer, right? Essentially, that's why you're essentially. Okay. Yeah. So the cool thing about tea leaf too, is with every infusion, it actually brings out different flavors. So if you do like a traditional, say Chinese tea ceremony, they brew tea in what's called a gaiwan. And it's basically a small teacup with a lid. And that lid serves as your strainer, essentially. So when you brew tea like that, you're going to do many, many infusions of maybe 30 seconds or so, 30 seconds, 45 seconds, that kind of deal. And what happens here is within each infusion, there's a totally different aroma and flavor that comes out. And it's really just this beautiful evolution of flavor and texture and aroma. So that's much more of a traditional way to go about it. Me at home, I oftentimes use a French press because it's super straightforward, super easy. Everybody has one. So yeah, really what you're doing, you would you know put your tea leaf in your French press and then you would pour water in there, let it steep for that minute. And then you're going to strain out the tea and say, put it in like a pitcher, if you will. So that's one infusion. And then for the second infusion, your leaf is still in there. You'll add new water, let that infuse for two minutes and then strain that out and then use that leaf again with fresh water for that third infusion, that three minute infusion. Hmm. So I can hear someone saying like, oh, that sounds interesting if you're making something that you're going to ice or whatnot or or whatever. But they might say, Ashley, that sounds like a bit of work. So let me go back to the apparatuses. We've talked about using a French press and an e-kettle mm-hmm. where you just set the temperature. That's all pretty straightforward and easy, right? And maybe that's the end. 
right? Maybe that's the end of the list. I have people tell me that they don't have a French press all the time, actually. And so, Fair enough. Um, and so there are like little balls with strainers, but those are kind of like a French press really is a little bit easier to use. There's there any other like tea apparatuses that you think make this process work easily for people simpler? Totally. Because you know, totally. that's what the world is here. Right. Convenience. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So really brewing a cup of tea can be as complex or as simple as you choose. When I first started, I literally used a mason jar in my kitchen strainer. So really you're just taking that plant material out of your final beverage and you're allowing it to steep in some kind of vessel. So some of the more simple ones is just like a stainless steel strainer that fits right into your cup. Or we offer, they're called little tea nets. So it's basically just a, it's a like cotton sock looking thing that you just put right into your cup. I don't usually recommend using those tea balls because unfortunately it's compressing your herbs into that ball and your herbs want room. They want room to move around in the water because the water is what's extracting out your flavors, those medicinal constituents. So the more room there is for that movement to happen, the better the extraction process can happen. So I kind of steer people away from the T-balls because it just kind of compacts everything. I've used the T-balls before and then opened it up and it's dry on the inside. And I totally wasted like half of my tea. So yeah, any kind of like open strainer that you could just put right into your cup is perfect. Like I said, that French press or even just using, you know, a mason jar and then running it through a strainer. So yeah. kind of whatever you have available to you. Right. So if I put mine, for example, in a jar or a cup with that loose tea in the bottom and use my top of cup strainer, like the size of a coffee cup strainer, right? Size mm-hmm. of a mug strainer and pour it through there, then that's perfect, you know, and it yep. still keeps it kind of simple. And I think it's useful for us to talk through this because sometimes a simple recommendation feels more complicated in our brains, especially when we talk about steeping something three times, even though that makes some people really excited, the next person's like glazing over. Um, Mm -hmm. So love that. Thank you so much. All right. So we've talked about how to brew tea properly, which is a really huge piece of what we wanted to accomplish here, which is really good. We talked about the apparatuses. Let's talk about the benefits of tea now. So herbs run the gamut. We can pick a few things, but let's kind of start with the benefits of tea generally, big picture, and then maybe go, because we have kind of two categories. We have tea tea, camellia sinensis, and then we have herbs essentially. So go ahead with that, however you see fit, because the way you kind of filter things is beautiful. Yeah. So ultimately it always brings me back to just kind of the art of tea. And to me, tea is just that platform to connect me to the moment. So just that in itself, I think is a huge, a huge benefit because we have so many things that are distracting us and causing stress and all of these different things throughout our day. Sometimes all we need is to sit down, is to slow down and to have something to keep us grounded. So I think that's a huge benefit of the practice in itself. And then, gosh, every herb is different. Every single herb has different medicinal benefits. Some of my favorites, I always go to the mint family, lemon balm, peppermint, spearmint, even fennel and sage. These are always herbs that I have on hand. Chamomile is another one. Typically for me, I'll reach for herbs that are a little bit more relaxing, a little bit more calming, or herbs that kind of focus on harmonizing my digestion. Those are typically the herbs that I kind of go for. 
In addition, I like to reach for some like warming and stimulating herbs. My body tends to run a little bit on the cooler side. So I'm always reaching for like ginger or cinnamon or even cayenne sometimes to kind of rev up my body. Mm, And it's good you said that because we think of those as spices sometimes or foods and Mm -hmm. you can make those into cheese as well. So let's kind of go into a couple of those. Something that might be interesting for our audience is the herbs that harmonize digestion. What goes into that blend for you? So we actually have a blend. It's called our relax blend and it's tailored towards the digestive and nervous systems. And that's partially because our nervous and digestive systems are so intimately connected. So this blend, it brings together lemon balm, chamomile, peppermint, fennel, and oat straw. And really the goal here is to kind of relax the body, relax the nervous system, and then to promote digestion and kind of break up any indigestion. This is probably our most drank herbal tea. (laughs) We drink it pretty much every day. It's good after a meal. It's good at the end of the night. So yeah, really just establishing that relaxation and that harmony. We're kind of on the topic of favorite herbs. That's where we've sort of gone. So you've given us some different categories of things you like. I want to talk about your favorite herbs and then your favorite local herbs, and maybe they become one and the same. I'm not sure, but let's go there and then tell me why. So I guess a couple of the first herbs that really spoke to me, lemon balm and chamomile are definitely some of my most used and I guess you're not supposed to have favorites, but they're definitely uh, the top of my list. And as far as local plants, gosh, everything has its own unique characteristics. I'm really attracted to raspberry leaf, mullein, yarrow. I really got connected to yarrow this year. I harvested a bunch of it from some property up here. And then red clover, that's another one. All very, very different in their personalities, but so beneficial. Well, those ones are kind of different. Will you tell us a little bit about their personalities and what's special about them? Yeah. So raspberry leaf is very nourishing. There's lots of vitamins and minerals. That's one of those plants that actually prefers a longer steeping. So I like to use raspberry leaf in combination with red clover and with nettle. And I do an infusion overnight. So at least eight hours, maybe even up to 12, kind of depending on your day. And that long infusion brings out all of the vitamins and minerals. So I'll do like a quart jar of that, let it steep overnight, and then I'll drink about a cup of it as a serving. And it's a really awesome vitamin and mineral supplement. Mm -hmm. Mullen is also a very unique one. So mullen is a mucilaginous herb. So really what that means is when you steep it in water, it releases uh, mucilage, which is amazing for moistening like the respiratory system. It helps to kind of calm a sore throat. And it's unique because these components don't actually come out in hot water. So this is one of those exceptions where mullen actually prefers a cold infusion, like an overnight cold infusion, and that'll bring out those constituents. Yarrow is very bitter in a tea. So typically I use yarrow more topically. I'll make an oil out of it. So I'll infuse it with say olive oil or sweet almond oil, and then just use that topically. It's wonderful for wound healing and it helps to kind of break up inflammation and things like that. Yeah. I've made some salves with that as well. Red clover. Mm -hmm. Red clover, again, very nutritive. Like I said, I like to combine that with raspberry and nettle. And red clover is also really awesome for just the female system in general. It helps to kind of harmonize 
hormones and it helps to kind of help with uh, like the, the moon cycle and things like that. So when you were talking, we have some clients that really are into this because we want to reduce our use of supplements and tinctures and things like that. And so we use mm-hmm. tea infusions as a way to do that and to nourish. And so nettle is a nice antihistamine adaptogen, very nutritive as well. So we mm-hmm. use nettle all the time in combination mm-hmm. with some other herbs and nettle is kind of actually, maybe it's not nettle. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I was about to say nettle is everywhere. I don't think that's accurate. I don't think it's everywhere, but correct me if I'm wrong. It'll but- definitely spread. <laughs> we have some farmer friends up here in Spearfish and they had just a little patch of nettle and somehow the seeds got everywhere and they had nettle all over their farm. <laughs> yeah. So um, it spreads, that's for sure. And one of the cool things, like you said, about the Black Hills of South Dakota is that there's a lot of virgin land there, I would say still. And even where mm-hmm. I live out in the plains, the Western plains there, you can still find fields that have never been farmed, never been, they've just been ranched. And so they are virgin soil technically. And I just would love to be trying to wild craft in those areas. It'd be super fun. And that brings me up to, you said part of your story was that you had challenges with sourcing herbs. So, and I know you're sourcing some of the herbs on your own. Are you sourcing everything on your own or not quite? Or how do you source? And that part of the conversation there has to do with quality. So however you want to kind of pull that together. Absolutely. So we source everything based on quality. So wherever we can get the best quality. Sometimes that means it's local. We have several farmers up here that we collaborate with. Most of that is small batch. Again, we wildcraft some things and that is also a small batch. So most of what we use, we source from other states or in the case of tea leaf, other countries. Because I unfortunately cannot grow Camellia sinensis here in the States. A lot of our tea leaf comes directly from China or India or wherever it is native to. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about quality just a touch more. And there's something that you said when you filled out the form around this saying... I know you said quality is your guiding light, essentially. You wrote, by seeking the best quality in the things you choose to consume, foods, health, hygiene products, conversations, and everything, you can make the most out of every experience. And I loved the way you stated it, which is why I wanted to share it in case it didn't come out of your mouth again. Some of us need some boundary words. And it made me think of the way you wrote that. I was like, oh, yes, this is not a nice thing to say sometime. Totally unrelated to tea. Is that, oh, this is not a high quality conversation <laughs> degrades my experience, <laughs> right? Like, so really filtering everything through quality is a really mm-hmm. kind of cool and beautiful way or lens to kind of look at what we are consuming, putting on our body or consuming in all capacities. So I just wanted to highlight what you said there. All right. So we've talked about high quality herbs. What inspires you to create the blends? Like, do you have a story about creating any of the cheap blends or how you first started to do that or an example of how you've kind of pulled one together? What kind of inspired it overall? So it just kind of depends. Sometimes it's a specific experience like, oh, I have a little bit of indigestion or, oh, I kind of have heartburn or something like that. And it's like, well, I need this for that kind of deal. And sometimes it's just creativity. Like we have one blend, our vintage Earl Grey. So lots of people are familiar with Earl Grey and we wanted something that was not just Earl Grey, but something that was a little bit more unique. So in our vintage Earl Grey, we bring together that Earl Grey tea with rose, lavender, and rosemary. So that's one of those blends that was a little bit more just creative and kind of fun. And then there's a handful of kind of health and wellness 
areas that we wanted to focus on. So like that relax blend kind of came together from wanting a nightly tea, something that was nice after a meal, something that was relaxing. We have another a blend called our Soothe Blend that is tailored towards kind of softening respiratory issues. So it's good for a sore throat, for a hot inflamed throat. And that came together around this time of year when we started to get like congestion, our throat started to hurt. And we're like, man, I really need something for this. And then we created that blend. So every blend is kind of different. And usually it's kind of stemmed from either just creativity or some kind of wellness complaint or imbalance. And I'm sure one of us. I'm sure taste had a big has a lot to do with it as well. Huge. I'm actually <laughs> looking through some of the tea blends and there's one called Blue Moon. I'm wondering why it's called Blue Moon. And I'm wondering what butterfly pea flower is. I've never seen that before. Ooh, so that is one of my favorite blends. So a lot of our blending is actually done by my partner Joe, but Blue Moon is actually one that I threw together. And that one, the basis of that was really just creativity. I wanted all of those flavors to come together. I wanted the blueberry and raspberry and then, you know, some of those tart, like there's rose hips in there and there's some orange peel. And the idea of this blend actually came to fruition on a full moon. And our first blend was made on a full moon. So I was like, this is meant to be, it has to be blue moon. I love it. That's so cool. Okay, let's recap here. We've gotten through a lot of like very useful things for people to use today. So we talked about the two essential big buckets of tea, right? Like Camellia sinensis <laughs> and all things that come from it. Oolong, white, green, black, puer, fermented, aka fermented, yellow, essentially caffeinated tea, and then herbs generally, where you called, I don't know if herbal blends are tisane. Is that right? T-I-S-S-A-N-E? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So I'll say like herbal tea or just having herbal in there. Mm -hmm. So with tea, it's delicate. We heat it at a less high temperature. So when we're boiling, we've now made it bitter. So you could heat tea from between 160, maybe 180, maybe a little higher if it's black tea, but on that delicate green tea. So also reminds me of the Chinese department head I had in college would make fun of our green tea, our, our American green tea. And I think that's probably a good thing for us to like step back and say another reason people may not enjoy tea or even seasoning their food. When you talk about quality, mm -hmm. I have cleaned out my entire cupboard and only used herbs that are like fresh and delicious because mm -hmm. it makes such a big impact. And herbs are so much more potent than fruits or vegetables and phytonutrients and, mm -hmm. and benefits. And so I'm like, why wouldn't I want delicious food, like food that tastes better, right? You know, in Absolutely. a very similar way, that's what we're trying to talk about with tea here. It's like the mm -hmm. most related topic, I think, possible because we're talking about the same root, <laughs> sort of, mm -hmm. which is herbs. It's just different ways we deliver it and talk about it. You talked also about like, what is tea, not from even like a, a thousand percent tangible way, but really the emotions that tea elicits. And a lot mm -hmm. of times when I talk to people about the necessity of coffee versus whatever, and I think we should touch base on that really quick, people really want something hot sometimes, or in the summertime, they want something cool. And so this is an opportunity for us to get more benefits in a more fun and enjoyable way right? Potentially. Absolutely. Um, so you talked a lot about how uh, quality is really like the cornerstone of everything you do. We talked about favorite herbs, local herbs, local sourcing, or you have to get other herbs. And I bet that was quite a challenge. I bet it took many months to kind of figure out herbs. Definitely. Even that when, is one of the, one of the most time consuming parts of our job. Yeah. And even so, and now it's really interesting. So we used to recommend uh, people make essentially a tea out of 
some particular berries that are purple once upon a time. And after <laughs> the last two years, it's like, you cannot hardly get them for a decent cost. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I understand because when we recommend people go get loosely herbs for these infusions, sometimes they're like, I cannot find these. I'm like, yeah, there's really only like maybe one, maybe two websites that have them. Otherwise you've got to kind of find them locally on the shelf. And I like mm-hmm. to ask that local purveyor, how often do these turn over on the shelf? Like how long do these sit here? And that's at the mercy of what they want to tell me. Mm-hmm. But I do want to know, like, I don't want to buy or I don't want to buy seasoning from a place that doesn't sell seasoning as like their top thing. And it's not fresh because it will blow your freaking mind away when you have a different quality herb. So I know that doesn't come across completely in a podcast episode and you have to go experience it for yourself. So this is me imploring you to try very good quality herbs and tea. On that note, Ashley, tell us where people can find you online for Sage and Cedar. Yeah. So we have a Facebook page that we kind of run everything through and then we have a website. And then we also do vending and different events kind of all over the Black Hills. So you can come find us at farmer's markets or craft fairs or different seasonal festivities kind of all over the place. And in addition to that, we do some wholesaling to the local businesses around here. So there's a handful of health food stores and cafes and restaurants that also carry our teas. Cool. So you're at sagecedarherbalteas.com and you guys even have a coupon code for listeners, which is of course, less stressed, which is always our coupon code for a discount off your order there. Ashley, if someone is listening to this and they just feel so intrigued by what you've shared today, what do you want to say to them? What do you want to offer? What parting words do you want to give them? I'd say if this is resonating with anybody, I just encourage you to get outside and to experience plants as they are in their natural environment. I think just seeing how a plant grows and seeing where a plant grows offers a lot of benefits because you can see the environment that it's in and you can bond with it personally. And some of the most profound experiences that I have had have been just bonding with that plant in its natural environment. So I highly recommend to just get outside and connect with the plants however you can. And you mentioned earlier, you were talking about digestive and nervous system state. And so it feels good when you say that, but to just like support it further, when you do things like that, we have a whole episode on like stress resilience from spending time in nature. It's amazing what, how Mm -hmm. your body will start changing its stress messaging. And what we're doing is turning on the rest and digest nervous system more commonly when traditionally what we do is run on fight or flight. And so Mm -hmm. we do have a choice in these hot beverages that we want to consume. And some of them really support fight or flight and some of them really support rest and digest. And so today we're paying a little homage to rest and digest. Thank you for coming on today, Ashley. Thank you so much. Sharing and reviewing this podcast is the best way to help us succeed with our mission to help integrate the best of East and West and empower you to raise the bar on your health story. Just go to reviewthispodcast.com forward slash less stressed life. That's reviewthispodcast.com forward slash less stressed life. And you'll be taken directly to a page where you can insert your review and hit post.